All right, who's ready for transformation in your life today? Come on, let me hear you. Oh, that's not good enough. Who wants to transform today? Let me tell you, today's message is a lifetime of journeys on my behalf, things that I've garnered along the way, uh, places I've struggled and places I've had breakthrough in my life. And I believe if you will be alert today, take good notes, pay attention, I, I believe you can learn from my mistakes and you can learn a way of walking in true freedom in your mind and transformation and really save yourself a, a, a lifetime of battles. Because I'm going to talk about where transformation comes today. We're going to talk about change your mind, change your life. Change your mind, change your life. Let's go right to our text. You should have it memorized. Let's say it together. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be Come on, say it loud. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, changing your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasant and perfect will. Now, when you are transforming by your mind, you'll have the answer, what is God's will for my life? Because you'll understand it, you will be able to recognize it, and you can follow it. I have a lot of people ask me all the time, how do I know God's will? Well, when you're transformed in your mind, it says, then you'll know. It's easy to discern the will of God when you're living a life of transformation. See, listen to this. God is not, he's, he's more worried about changing your mind than he is changing your circumstance. God is more worried about changing your mind than he is about changing your circumstance. Sometimes we want God to change the circumstance. He says, no, I want you to learn how to walk in the middle of the storm. I want you to learn how to be faithful in the middle of the problem. I want you to learn to have faith when it doesn't seem possible that I'm still right there with you. God wants a mindset change, not a circumstance change. Because true transformation takes place in the mind. Transformation cannot and will not happen unless we change our mind. It's required. So today we're going to talk about changing our mind. We're going to talk about managing what we allow in our mind, managing our thought process. It's very important that we should manage our thoughts. Why should we manage our thoughts? Number one, write this down. My, my thoughts control my life. My thoughts control my life. Now, if you're listening online today, I want you to take notes as well. Here in the auditorium, we're taking notes, and we're glad you've taken time to join us. But this message is for all of us that when you change your thoughts, your thoughts control your mind, your life. Look what it says in Proverbs 4.23. Be careful how you think. Let's say it together. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. My life is shaped by what I allow my thoughts to dwell on. The good in my life is rooted in my thoughts. Any good in my life, it can be found and traced back to my thought process. And the opposite is also true. Any bad thing going on in my life, I can go back and trace it back to the bad thoughts I'm allowing to dwell there. All the things are found in my thought process. If someone ever said something negative to you growing up, and you believe that, it shapes your life. For many people, decades. You've lived your life decades. 
in a shape skewed thought process because somebody said something about you that wasn't true, but you believed it to be true, and it's been messing with you for years. It's changed you into the person you are. That's why I love coaching small children. I love it when my kids were young and I could coach their football or their basketball or baseball team. And I love being out there with them because kids, it's not about teaching them X's and O's. It's not about teaching them skills. It's more about raising their confidence. And with your words, coaches can raise their confidence. And we'll be out there and the kid's swinging the bat, you know, and you're like, man, there's no way this kid's ever going to get a hit this year. You're in batting practice and they, can't, they don't even know how to hold the bat. They're swinging and they're 10, you know, 10 seconds behind. The ball's already came across. And you're like, oh, it's going to be a long season, mom. <laughs> we're going to have to sit through all these games. My kid ain't even going to hit the ball. <laughs> but you get out there and the kid swings the bat. You finally, hey, listen, man, you did a great job of holding that bat just exactly the right way this time. Your hands were together. Oh, your feet were right up. You're just, just right. Keep swinging. You go, oh, man, you just barely missed this time. You were a lot closer than you was last time. Oh, you're, man, you're right there. I am, yeah. You know, in every game, you're speaking to them about four or five games in. All of a sudden, they tip the ball, and it goes foul. And you go crazy. Yeah! You hit it. You hit it. Good job. You're like, yeah, yeah. I hit it. I hit it. And the next thing you know, that kid's making contact. They're running down first base, and they're getting out, but you don't care. They made contact. They ran to first base, and everybody storms out. Yes, yes, you did awesome. And the next game, next thing you know, this kid's hitting the ball. Why? Because someone kept saying, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I had a little league coach that used to tell me all the time. He said, BB! He goes, man, this kid's, he'd be around other coaches and other parents. This kid's tough. He can chew nails. I'm bringing a bag of nails with me next practice because this kid's so tough. He can chew nails. And he made me believe that I could actually do about anything. I could run through a brick wall. I could do anything for him. Why? Because he kept telling me that. And I choose to believe it. I chose to believe it. See, other of us, we've chosen to believe. Someone said something to you as a child that was very damaging to you. You'll never accomplish this. You can never do that. You can never be this. And you allowed that to come in, even though it's not a truth, because you believed it, it took root and shaped your life. See, the Bible's very clear. We cannot allow these things to shape our life. It doesn't have to be true. If I believed it, it shaped my life. Many people are living their life based on a lie. Many people have shaped their life based on lies and false information. This is why we've got to manage what we allow to come into our mind. And number two, because my mind is the battleground for sin. In my mind, it is the battleground for sin. All temptation starts in my mind. All temptation is found in my mind. Look what Romans 7.22 says. Can you relate to this? Paul says, I love to do God's will. So far as my new nature is concerned. That's me. But there's also something else deep within me. In my old man, my old nature. That is at war with my mind. And it wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. He goes, in my mind... I want to be God's willing servant, but instead, I find myself still a slave to sin. Today, I want you to understand this. 
I use the word battleground because that's exactly what's happening. There is a fight. There is a battle for your mind and you must step up and engage. This is why I wore my camo shirt today just to remind you of this fact today. That we're in a battle. Every day I'm battling for what I allow to take root in my mind, what I allow my thoughts to dwell on, what I allow the information to come here. It's a war. It's a thing. I've got to learn that I've got to fight for what I allow to have space in my mind and what I give my thoughts to. Whatever owns my mind owns my life. Right? Whatever owns my mind owns my life. And number three, because I must manage because it is the key to peace and happiness. Managing my thoughts is the key to peace and happiness. A unmanaged mind leads to pressure. But a managed mind leads to peace. A unmanaged mind leads to chaos. But a managed mind leads to confidence. A unmanaged mind... It leads to stress, but a managed mind leads to strength. Look what Romans 8, 6 says. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to a life of what? Leads to life and peace. See, my mind is right there. It's the key. I want to live a life of death or do I want to live a life of life and peace? Is found when giving control to the Spirit of God in my life. There's two choices we make daily to help us have a healthy mind. And we got to learn to do these every day. I must, number one, write this down. I must feed my mind the truth. I must feed my mind the truth. Maybe you've heard me tell the story before of the young boy who asked his grandpa, his grandpa was telling the story that every man, every young man, every young brave, has two dogs living inside of him, one evil and one bad. And a little boy asked his grandfather, said, Grandfather, which one, which one always wins? He goes, whichever one I choose to feed the most. And in our life, it's, this was happening. There's good and evil. And what am I going to feed? What am I going to feed my mind? I've got to choose to feed my mind the truth. When I choose to feed my body things that are unhealthy, what happens? I know, listen, I know that, I know this, eating, eating organic, eating natural whole foods is so much better for me and my health, my weight, my thinking clearly, my blood pressure, my sugar levels, all those things are affected by my healthy diet. But I can tell you, there's times I I really like chips. I like soda and I like candy bars and I like cinnamon rose and I, I come on now hallelujah I like little Debbie's hallelujah come on somebody mm. God bless all the little Debbie's out there I'm telling you right now there's times and I know that when I put that processed junk in my body it has consequences it's the same thing in my mind when I choose to put the unhealthy things in my mind it has consequences It's going to affect my outlet in life. It's going to affect my peace in life. It's going to affect my spirit of God that's ruling inside my mind. I need the best information to make the best decision. 
when I've got all the information, I've got the best information, I can then make a better decision, correct? To make a good decision, I must be wise and get the whole picture. I must get all the information to me, and then I can ponder it, and then I can make a wise decision. Let me tell you today, we got to guard the information that's coming to my life. There is only one source of information that will garner the results you need in your life, and it's the truth of God. It's the truth of God that I must fill my mind with. It's the promises of God I must fill my mind with. Listen, Fox News, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, all the news stations, social media, they can fill my mind with certain things, but they cannot produce life in me. They will only produce fear, hate, anger, division. But when I fill my mind, listen, I haven't turned on the TV in two weeks and listened to the news. Why? Because I don't want my mind messed up. I don't want my mind all messed up. I am taking time to dwell on the scripture. I'm taking time to fill my mind here because I've got to walk at peace. You've got to do the same thing. I've got to do this. It's the truth. Matthew 4, 4 says, man, Jesus answered, it's the written man shall not live on bread alone. How do we live? On every word. That comes from the mouth of God, and that's found in the written word of God. When's the best time to feed my mind with truth? Someone give me your opinion. When's the best time to feed my mind with truth? In the morning? How many think the morning's a good time? Raise your hand. That's a good time, yeah. How many think in the middle of the day? Maybe right smacking is a good time. Raise your hand think the middle of the day is a good day. Yeah, I see those. How about at night? Anybody think my night's a good time? Okay. How about this? How about all day is a good time? Okay. <laughs> I told my wife when we were first dating, I said, honey, I only love you on two occasions. That's day and night. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I only think about you night and day. And I meant it, baby. I'll tell you right now. I was doing homework. I was working. I was practicing. But my mind was on seeing the one I love when I got done that night. My mind was on her because I loved her. My mind is there. Where, where is your mind throughout the day? Where is your mind? Listen, you know the most healthy people are people who eat small meals constantly throughout the day. People who just kind of graze throughout the day. They have the best diet because they, they're not over, overdoing it. And they eat a little meal here and a little meal here and a little meal here. And they have the best metabolism. They have the best levels in their life. Why? Because they're just eating small portions throughout the day. How many of us would do that? How our life would change? I don't have to read a hundred verses in the morning, but if I read one verse in the morning and one verse in the afternoon and one verse in the evening, how would my life change? How would my mind change? It's me taking rule in charge of my, my life. Look what David said in Psalms 119, 147. I rise early. Come on, anybody like rising early? I rise early before the sun is even up. And then he goes, I cry out for help and put my hope in your Words, the truth of the God. Do you realize there's over 7,000 promises found in the Bible? Over 7,000 promises of hope found in the Bible. You can find them there. Put it there in the morning time. What do you say in verse 97? He says this Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. 
And then in verse 95, he said, though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. And David was called a man after God's own heart. Made a lot of mistakes in his life, big mistakes. But he kept his mind on the Lord throughout the day. There's something transformational that happens when I guard my thoughts and I allow my mind to be controlled by God, not be controlled by other things and circumstances. And the second thing is the reason I I must free my mind. Listen, I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. Listen to me now. We need to do a full Rambo on our mind. Any, any men in the house like Rambo? Come on, let me hear you. I, I mean, Rambo comes on. Guys, let's be honest. Rambo comes on and you cannot change the channel. You've seen that movie a thousand times, but you keep watching it. Why? Because we love, there's something about him flying the helicopter with one arm and the machine gun in the other arm. And he's got all these prisoners of war piled in the helicopter and he's setting them free. He's liberating our guys. They're coming home. There's something that, I love that. I love to see people liberated. And we love seeing that. And in our mind, listen, we have got to step up Nobody's going to liberate your mind except for you step up and do it through the power that God's put inside you. You've got to do it. You've got to take control of your mind. You've got to step up and do it. Pastor, will you pray for my mind? I'm praying that you'll get bold enough to liberate your own mind. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen today. I'm telling you right now. I'm preaching. Listen, this is a lifetime. Listen, it's a lifetime of mistakes and hardships. That have brought me to a place where I can tell you that this works. It's the only way it works. Is I have got to be liberating my thoughts. Listen, bad thoughts are going to come there. They always do. But the question is, do I let them stay there? Or do I say, no, no, no. There's a no vacancy going on right now. Those thoughts can't stay here. They just go on through. I'm not going to dwell on those. Instead... I'm going to choose to dwell on what God's word says about my life. That's liberating myself, taking myself and setting me free. Our mind is held captive by our enemies. Our mind can be held captive by our enemies. We've got to set them free. Who is the enemies of our mind? Number one, my, my old nature. My old nature is the enemy of my mind, the way I used to be. Look what Romans 8, 5 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. My old nature is there. Do you, has anyone here ever, ever willingly done something that's self, self, uh, let's just say self-defeating behaviors? Have you ever, have you ever ate something knowing it was bad for you? Raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah, we, we do it. Well, we, we've done things we know was bad for us. We did it anyway. Why? My mind wanted it, and I didn't stop it. It's me. I control it. I made that decision. You didn't make that decision for me. I did that. I did that. And only I can take control and take my mind, my thoughts captive, and set me free. The other enemy coming against our mind is simply Satan. Satan is going to attack your mind. Satan attacks your mind. The Bible says that, that he attacks our mind with thoughts that God doesn't really love you. You could never do anything for God. Everybody hates you. There's nobody that likes you. 
You could never be used to God. How could God ever use you? And that's what Satan does. He's the accuser of the brethren. And he starts in my mind. So I don't have to accept those lies. And instead, I can control when that happens. When that's happening, I go full Rambo, right? No, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. You cannot do this in my life. He continues to plant bad thoughts there. I cannot let them take root there. You know, I can't stop birds from flying over my head. Birds are going to fly over my head. But I can't stop them from pooping in my hair. I'm getting out of this thing. I mean, I'm getting away from this mess. I'm getting back in the car. I'm running. I'm putting my hands. I'm putting my book up. Something's going there, but they ain't going to mess in my hair. Listen, don't let things happen out of your control. You control the outcome. Just because I thought it doesn't make it true. Let me say again. Just because I thought it doesn't make it true. Listen. Every season, I think the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. God help us. But just because I thought it doesn't make it true. You understand, don't you guys? You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of things I think, but doesn't make them true. I don't have to believe every. Let me say, I don't have to believe everything I think. I think it'll be better if I did it. It doesn't mean it's true. I think, I think, listen, quit, quit doing what you think and just open up the word and say, I'm going to put the word as my gauge in my life. I've got to move past that. I don't think anybody likes, well, that's a lie. You know it is. It'll never get better. That's a lie. It will. It can never get past this point. No, God can heal all things. God can renew all things. God can make all things new in your life. Are you hearing me? God can make all things new in your life. It can never get better. Who told you that? That's a lie. Listen, if you don't meet the devil head on when you get up in the morning, you're going in the wrong direction. If I'm going in the right direction, he's going to come against my thoughts. He's going to come against my mind. I'm, I, why? Because he doesn't want you going in the right direction. So if he's hitting your mind with you can't, then you know that's just the opposite. <laughs> I'm on the right track now because I can or he wouldn't be fighting me. You can do it. He tells you, give up. Don't even try. He tells you, don't forget. Get angry. Get even. It won't change. It won't get better. Those are all lies from the enemy. Protect your mind. The devil's thoughts are temptation. God's thoughts are inspiration. If I dwell on that, it tempts me to go to a place I don't need to be. But when I dwell on God's thoughts, what his word says about me, it inspires me. It encourages me. Which one will you dwell on? 2 Corinthians 2.11, look what it says. And when I forgive whatever, look what, we are a human and we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. Knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroys false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that has, keeps us from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey God. Look what it says here. We knock down the what? Strongholds. What is a stronghold in our life? Our strongholds is any lie that you believe becomes a stronghold in your life. 
Any lie that you've allowed to attach itself to your life is a lie. It has become a stronghold in your life. You've got to get rid of it. Set yourself free. And the last enemy I want to talk about today is the enemy of the world's values. Listen, we, we, can't, we can't let the world's values shape our mind or we're in big time trouble. I can't, I can't let news and social media shape my mind more than I'm letting God shape my mind or I'm in big trouble. Does anything in society encourage self-discipline? No, it does not. Matter of fact, society teaches us what? What I want is what I want. It's kind of like when we first got married. I told my wife, I said, honey, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. It didn't go over very well. I learned marriage is about sharing, right? Everything belongs. My son told me, dad, why do you let, why do you let mom drive your car for? When I get married, I started laughing at him. <laughs> My wife ain't never going to drive my car. <laughs> I laugh really loud in his face. I said, yeah, I thought that one time too. That's dumb. Dumb. Marriage doesn't work that way. I had learned, right? We had learned. It's not about the world's value system. It's about me, 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 me. And God's like, no, no, no. Real peace is about give, give. Put the kingdom first. Have a giving spirit. Have a giving heart. Forgive. Give grace. Stay humble. Don't be prideful. 1 John 2.16. Look what it says. Everything in the world you see, the greedy desires of the flesh, greedy desires of the eyes, the pride of the life. None of this is from the Father. It's from the world. Let me sum it up for you. Money, sex, and power. Those thoughts all come from the world. The world. Don't let those things drive your mind every day. Don't let those things control your mind every day. More, more, more. No, no, no. God's plan. God's plan for my life. Take those thoughts captive. The last scripture I'm going to give you is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and through 5. We just read it a while ago. Let's read it right here again. We are human, but we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strong hosts, right? Now let's read the last line. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Listen, you got to capture your thoughts and teach them who his daddy is, okay? Are you hearing me? It's time for me to step up. And say, no, 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 I've got to capture those thoughts and I've got to teach those thoughts to obey. I teach them to obey. It's my job. I capture them and I teach them, even though I, I want this, I'm not going to dwell on that. It's unhealthy for me. It's unhealthy for my marriage. It's unhealthy for my future. It's unhealthy for my relationship with God. It's unhealthy for my testimony. It's unhealthy where I'm at. I've got to capture those, capture them, and teach them to obey God. Self-discipline. That's where the battle's at. Otherwise, you'll believe lies. The lies come every day. God doesn't love me. That's a lie. I know better than God what the will of God is for my life and what will make me happy. Oh, that's a lie. I can never forgive them. That's a lie. I can never forgive myself. That's a lie. I won't. It won't last. They won't love me. That's a lie. 
take those thoughts captive. Teach them to obey. My mind says this, but the word of God says no weapon formed against me will prosper in the name of the Lord. My mind says I have no value, but God's word says I am the apple of his eye. Created with a purpose, with a destiny for the kingdom of God. That even in my mother's womb, he knew me and saw me. My mind wants to rebel. Take it captive. God created us with a free will. We, we can freely choose to worship the Lord. We can freely choose to worship and live our life for Jesus. And I can freely choose what I allow my mind to dwell on. And I've got to step up. I've got to take it captive. How many today learned something and say, man, this is good stuff, Pastor? Man, is it good? Yeah, okay. I'm telling you, it's, it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. It can happen. But all, all transformation starts with the decision to give your life to Jesus. That's where it happens at, right there. And today, I want you just to simply bow your heads as you ask yourself the question, have I made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior? Have I ever done that? That's where transformation starts, right there. The Bible says, how do we do that? We must believe that he is Lord, that he was the Messiah, God's only son. We must believe that in our heart, that he truly is the Messiah, that he died on the cross for my sins. And then I must confess it with my mouth. If you're here today, and we're not going to do anything to embarrass you, I promise you, but if you're ready to say, Pastor, where I'm sitting today, I want to Say, Jesus, I'm ready to accept you as my Lord and Savior. Can you just lift your hand where I can see it? No one else is looking around. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to join us? Raise the high if you haven't raised it yet. Thank you. I see those hands. One more time. If you haven't raised it, raise it right now. Let me see, guys. I want to make sure you have a chance. Okay. We have several who raised your hands, so let's do this. We're going to say this prayer, and I want you to say it out loud with me. And as Christians around you, we'll say it with you as well to help you along. Say, dear Jesus... I surrender all of my life to you today. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Messiah. God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it, we say welcome to the family of God. Come on now. Give a big hand clap.